This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, as you've been hearing on the news for the second time in three years, the RCMP has settled in a class action lawsuit to dealing with sexual harassment. The figure is around the $100 million mark. It covers 41,000 women, civilian employees, similar again to the previous settlement However, that dealt with female officers. Uh, lawyer Angela Bestplug joins me in the studio now. She is lead counsel for the plaintiffs. Thank you so much for coming into studio. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, so that number sounds huge, 41,000, but it's not uh, that number. How many women do you think will actually be part of this, or do we know? Um, we, we don't know for sure. Our best estimate is that 1,500 women will make claims to the settlement. And this was led by a stenographer and uh, other women that shared their stories. So what does it say that, well, first of all, the women were very brave and came forward and, and shared Absolutely. what happened to them. What does the settlement say about that culture of what, what, what was deemed appropriate, I suppose, over all those years? Yeah, I think historically, um, you know, the RCMP was a workplace um, rife with gender-based harassment. Uh, It definitely is a changing organization now, uh, but I think for years, women had to endure um, unacceptable uh, behavior, whether it was sexual comments or sexual touching. And what gives you the confidence that it is changing now? We can only hope. I mean, we see, obviously, there was Merlot-Davidson settlement to begin with back in 2016. Um, we have this settlement today. Uh, uh, there definitely have been uh, change initiatives within the organization, um, such, such as independent or quasi-independent advisory bodies. Uh, so we hope we hope that change is coming. Um, and, and I can only hope that in the future there's even more positive change. Because when we look at this and we look at what the women endured, just the stories that we know about, what about the perpetrators? It's one thing to have financial compensation for the women, for these employees. Do we know what has happened to, to the men who did this? So whether or not they're still officers, whether they had any type of discipline? So I think it varies by case. Um, you know, in terms of this litigation, it, it's civil litigation. So there there are no criminal charges tie, tied to this litigation. Um, in the past, in terms of what's happened i think i think there were in some cases i don't think anything happened to the perpetrators um in some cases the victim was transferred instead of the perpetrator um there certainly were lots of of stories of retaliation in the workplace um and conversely i think you know there were perpetrators who were suspended um and on rare occasion forced into retirement Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if this brings about any more any charges. Um, at this point, we don't know. That's obviously up to the women and and uh, how they choose to move forward. Do you, does this have an impact on whether or not there will be criminal charges? Do you think indirectly, possibly, in terms of um, class members uh, recognizing that they're not alone, recognizing that you know this happened to the plaintiffs. Um, Hopefully, this encourages them to to come forward, give a voice to their story. Uh, Will some of them choose to press charges? Possibly. Um, Mm. 
again, it's hard to know because so many of these women um, really have endured quite horrific um, emotional and psychological injuries as a consequence of this behavior. So some of them have PTSD, major depression, suicidal ideation. Uh, So while this is a group of strong, amazing women, you know, that's a factor and obviously litigation stress or the stress of pressing charges uh, is a factor so it's hard to say Uh, I heard you saying too that the bulk of the cases are are western based in BC and Alberta what how do we explain that or can we we can yeah so um, the RCMP has a bunch of municipal um, policing service agreements with various municipalities um, and through these contracts, they agree to provide policing services within these municipalities. So in total, I believe there are 154 municipal contracts. Um, I believe approximately 60% of those are in British Columbia and approximately 40%, um, 45% are in Alberta. So that, that gives right. us our, our vast majority. And, and again, that would cover um, a lot of the administrative workers who would receive their paycheck from the municipality, um, but would be fully integrated into the RCMP workplace. All right. So, and again, there's, so there's these various municipal detachments across the country. Um, and then there's also headquarters in Ottawa. All right. What happens now with this settlement? I know it still has to get the approval. If, yep. we, if we go make the leap that that happens, yep. what, what do plaintiffs do now? So once uh, the settlement is hopefully approved by the court, um, a- after that process, the claims period will open um, and that will will be widely circulated. So class members get notice of that. Um, it's a it's a six-month window to file claims. So again, we encourage women to, to come forward if they think they might be class members and they think they might have a claim. Um, come forward sooner than later. Contact Klein Lawyers or Higgerty Law um, and, and we can give some guidance on that. Uh, and once the claims period closes, the actual assessment process will be led by uh, female jurists. So the lower level claims are paper-based and the upper level claims will be an interview-based process. And it is all women. Is there a chance that there could be men that are involved in this too, that were victims? No, this is this particular litigation is strictly for females. All right. But there would be women then that, that maybe haven't been part of this process up to this point that could now come forward. Absolutely. I think the majority of affected females probably don't know about this lit- litigation. So hopefully, you know, after today, after our uh, notice program, which has been approved by the court, hopefully our class becomes aware of this litigation and this settlement. And we hope that uh, they come forward and you mentioned this or talked about a change in the culture, hopefully, uh, in this yeah. organization or any organization that there's been a history like this. Uh, do, do settlements like this, it's a lot of money. It's $100 million. Yes. Do you think these do work as a deterrent or at least get organizations to, to take steps to change? I think absolutely. Uh, money talks. Right? So uh, we hope that uh, an estimated payout of this size 
is definitely encouragement for um, organizational change, not just within the RCMP, but for other corporations as well to see that this behavior is not tolerated and won't be condoned. All right. And is $100 million, is that what you were hoping for? E- yes. I think, it's, um, I think it's a great settlement that provides uh, very good levels of compensation for class members. Um, again, the $100 million is a, an estimate, right. um, but all women who come forward and are, de- are, are determined to have eligible claims will be paid out. All right. Well, thank you for coming in. I know it's a very busy day for you, but thank you for coming into studio today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. That is Angela Bestflug, lead counsel for the plaintiffs in this case.